You know, Joyce is, she wouldn't say this, is comfortable with being in the spotlight, but certainly doesn't need or want that spotlight on her. So today is a cringe episode where I interview Joyce about her early days as an OD practitioner and the lessons that can be teased from it. So I, I don't want to wait any longer. Let's see Joyce squirm a little bit and enjoy today's episode. Come on in. Grab a snack. Welcome. Hey, Joyce. Hey, Bob. <laughs> I have a feeling you have something that you're going to surprise me with. I feel, well, I, I feel the turnar- uh, turnaround is fair play. Uh, and I, yeah, I have uh, uh, a little bit of mischievous uh, activity lurking in my brain. Last <laughs> week... I just told uh, you you have no brain today, right? <laughs> so, oh. Joyce, no brain well, at all. This is really good. I'll just go to my subconscious, which is the healthiest place well, to be. You, you uh, so elegantly uh, drew a story out of me that I think had a lot of relevance, not only to my the arc of my uh, professional life, but also was some great learning for uh, we OD HR practitioners. And so I'm going to throw it back out to you. You and I, before we came on, were talking about some of the real uh, transformative work that you did uh, when you took on the role of the head of uh, OD at Hannaford. And I'd like you to tell your story from your perspective. Oh, oh my gosh, that's way too open a question. (laughs) Well, I'll start out by asking. I'm, I'm thinking of two events. Uh, you oh, wait a minute. I'll start this way. Yeah. Let's see, I guess I do have something to say. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I got the job at Hannaford, which changed the whole. I had done organizational development in large companies before and um, did good transformation. And... I had been traveling a lot to do that, and I wanted to stop the travel, and I had been at a women's management conference and sat next to the HR um, VP of Human Resources. We've talked about her before, Kathy Greenleaf. And at one point, I don't know what was going on in the room, but I raised my hand and went up to the front of the class <laughs> and gave a little mini lecture. I'm sure the person running the thing thought, get the heck out of my presentation. Um, and it wasn't very long and I sat down and as I sat down, I said, what is it with my impulse <laughs> to Kathy? I said, and she said, no, 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 you just to save that guy's life. He was going down the tubes. And I said, and we laughed and that was it. So the next thing I know, I did get a call from someone from Hannaford saying, Kathy is thinking of creating an OD position and would love to have you tell, say what's needed. I was and am so naive. I didn't realize that that was something, a little tickle for me to call back and say, I'm really interested. No, no, <laughs> I didn't do that. I wrote a two-page treatise, which I'd love to find on what OD is and how it differs from other interventions like training and leadership, blah, blah, blah. But that was it. And I felt, oh, good. That was nice. I met her. She asked, great. And then 
I got, I can't remember, if, I think it was a letter. Yeah, it was a letter. I got a letter that said, Joyce, we're sorry to inform you that you were not chosen for the position of director of OD at Hannaford. And I thought, I didn't apply. <laughs> I didn't apply. Oh, that's so, so I called up then. By then, I was interested. I'm so naive. So I called up and said, hey, I just got turned down for a job I think I really want. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I don't know all the dynamics. I think Kathy had been having a hard time finding somebody that she really wanted. And I think it was on her performance um, goals to get somebody ASAP. I don't know that for sure. But I got a call to say, can you come in tomorrow? So I put on my little suit and my little bow tie like all the women wore then. And I thought, I don't know what Hannaford is. I know nothing about it. I shop at Shaw's. <laughs> That's our competitor back then. So I went running into the Hannaford grocery store, uh, talked to the manager, which I didn't know at all. And I said, do you have a business, like a anything that tells me about Hannaford? He said, oh, yeah, I have an annual report. I said, oh, may I have it? So I grabbed that, and then I thought I should at least walk through the store. So I was walking into the vegetable uh, produce area, and one guy was throwing a cabbage to another guy. And yep. it hit. <laughs> <laughs> I caught the darn cabbage, and then that was so much fun. They said, hey, that was a really good catch. And I liked the feel of the store. I liked that they threw the cabbage. Maybe nobody else would have. Um, but that was how they were unloading the box was by sure. throwing the cabbages. And um, I read the report and said, okay, I want the job. So I went and had an interview and um, didn't know even what securities were. And um, yeah, and got the job. I so, talked to the CEO, and I talked, you know. So that's the beginning of my phase. At so Hannah let me ask you a question. Oh, go ahead. You you uh, finish what you were saying. Well, I was going to say the next kind of bold action that I took that you may have forgotten about. It was bringing all the store managers together. And we were supposed to talk about customer service. And I had hired Michelle Thorpe to work with me, Michelle Thorpe Hayes. And she had brought in Jolly John, who sells, I don't know, was it used cars or new cars? He but sold used cars in, I think, in Scarborough. Yeah, he's yeah. A, a carnival marker. Yeah, was going to come talk to us. And that was okay. But I just didn't feel real to me. Mm. So I decided <laughs> to bring in maybe 10 actual customers from across Maine. And I was shocked at how many warnings I got. Don't do that because Roger's going to be there. The Roger, who you mentioned before, and he has a three by five in his pocket. And he's going to record every single store or comment that these customers make. And I went, yeah, sounds good. Good. And they went, no, 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 you don't know Roger. So I said, yeah, this is the right thing to do. So that was very, 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 very bold. I thought it was very, very, very common until the moment came. And I was in the room and Roger hadn't come there. And I had, what, 150 store managers yep. in the room? 
That sounds right. Yeah, and I said, wow, this is my, it was, yeah, it was not my first time meeting them. That was with you. But I said, okay, hi, everybody. I want you to know suddenly I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> and the customers were sitting on the stage. I said, I've heard that Roger is um, wonderfully aware of customer service. I said, so I got to relax. So if you'd all stand up, turn around. And then when you come back, let's pretend it's the end of the event and you clap for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that I certainly hadn't planned on. That was what is called a bold moment to get me real in the room. Well, I was just going to say, it's a great example. We were talking about being present a couple of weeks ago. It not only brought you into the room, but it created this really tight connection with everyone in the room. Because they clapped for me? I well, felt like a friend. So I'm going to, I'm going to hit the pause button because yes, I wanted I to ask you a question. You kind of answered it. Uh, and we're going to come back to this to talk about some of the bold, transformative things that you did. Uh, when you came into an industry that it seemed like you loved, but you didn't know an awful lot about. Why? I mean, H Hannaford uh, has always, and it still is, very serious about new hires. And you were uh, being brought in at the director level. Um, we can look at it through the context of the CEO uh, or Kathy, but why you? Why do you think they selected you? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I never asked, but um, I think one, number one, a, a time clock was ticking. They needed to make a choice. I had a um, good background at working at the utility. Yeah. One of the utility executives was on the board of Hannaford's of Hannaford. Yeah. And I think they probably said, is she nuts? Because you haven't seen Bold till I tell you what I did up there. <laughs> so, and so if I think about the CEO at the time, probably had a conversation with him I about I know that he liked. He, I know that he liked when he said, what would you do if you had X problem in, at retail? Uh, at first, I'd go out and talk to everybody because what would I know? And I know he liked that. He said, yes, of course. So I know he liked that. Um, with the other executive I spoke to, which was Hugh Farrington. Um, I think he, I don't know, but I think he liked that I was real. We laughed about having kids at the same school. Yeah. You know, he mentioned his daughter and I went, oh my gosh, I think she's been at my house. <laughs> my house with five kids, I never knew who were friends and who were boyfriends and girlfriends. So everybody could go upstairs to the bedrooms. <laughs> I never knew. I never knew. But anyway, I, I think it was um, Caniford is a company that likes. Um, I almost want to say being kind of gruff and true. So I think I rang true, but you'd have to ask them. Yeah. No, I I, I totally appreciate that, and I I think. Uh, I think what you shared right after you said, I don't know, uh, was pretty well spot on. Uh, I don't think this was a traditional hire to bring someone in that was going to sustain what was going on. I, I think you were brought in uh, as a change agent, as a, 
And I and I think to help manage the transition from one CEO to another. You know, it's funny. I, I thought I about told, that. I was told that and I went, I don't know. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I don't know. <clears throat> I said something like, um, the first thing I would do as a way of get lay, getting the lay of the land, I would interview all officers as a way of introducing myself and see what I could find out about what seemed to be a fit. And um, there were a lot of strong opinions in the room and I could feel that. And I said, and um, I can tell that there are strong opinions in this room and I'm gonna ignore them. <laughs> that made me sweat a little cause that was back in the day. Yeah, that, because I could tell they were vying. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Ask somebody else. I don't so, know why. Okay, okay. Uh, so I'm going to go back to where we were in the story. I I think your early stories uh, about one awkward moments, getting real in the room, uh, taking that radical step and bringing real customers into the room, that was pretty revolutionary at the time. So uh, what in your thinking, if you can go back, those were pretty bold strokes uh, that you did early on. Uh, take us there. You're you're kind of uh, seizing. I don't know. Remember, I brought in my Nerf balls. <laughs> I'd had really great success at the um, utility. Yeah. And and the guys that go out in the storm are not that different from store managers. No. <laughs> do it regardless you got to have grit and i and i needed i was um i had to pass a test that hadn't been stated and i later heard that people took bets about how long i would last and there were a lot of a couple of disgruntled people that i didn't know that, that they'd applied for the job i don't know after all i'd gotten a refusal letter i thought the organization was nuts um Something in in the organization because it was so tightly run, yeah, which was great, needed to be loosened up. And every and I think that uh, I think a company has an internal wisdom in it. So when I took the Nerf balls, I said, "Here are the Nerf balls." I threw them out and I said, "Now, when anybody says something you don't like, you're going to just throw them. It's a great way to have feedback without too much jibber jabber." Yeah. Um, I don't, I really don't know, Bob, except that it felt right. It felt right. And I also was put to tests of being tight and tidy, like not knowing, being thrown into a meeting of executives because I was in charge of training as well, to know how much was tuition for colleges in every college. I didn't know they were going to ask that. I didn't know it fell under my accountability. I wasn't prepared at all. I thought I was going in to say hello. Thank God I had one senior kid who was applying to colleges and I could answer it. And I know because later I talked to the CEO. He said, I would have really lost. I said, oh, wasn't that a riot? I, here's how I knew. <laughs> he said, no, I really would have uh, found you unprepared for the meeting. I said, yeah. oh, hey. <laughs> But why wasn't I prepared for that? 
why didn't my boss prepare me is a different question. Yeah, I, I don't know. But at the end of the day, you got the job. So right. So the lot of luck yeah. and a lot and a lot of good fit. I wouldn't. I, I started to, I did some work up at the nuclear plant in Maine. I didn't fit there. Yeah. They offered me a job, but I said, Ugh. It was too um, technical. I needed to be, but it wasn't a fit. I felt a fit right away. Yeah. And it didn't take too long for the organization to feel a fit with me as well. Now, did you feel early in the game, and I'm thinking about our OD uh, leaders out there, did you feel that you had certain permission to do some of the really bold things that you did early in the day? No. So why did you do it? No, I mean, I don't, I don't feel that I had restrictions, but I didn't feel that I had permission. And like I said, I think a lot of what I did was a fit. But remember, people were betting on how long I would last. Yeah. I, I think we, had, we uh, having been there before you, we, we've stubbed our toe on a couple of hires before you came on board. So I, I would agree with that. I'm taking some of the sting off of because of the way you were, Joyce, people were taking bets and that may be part of it. But uh, I look back and and I thought more people were um, not only encouraged by your perspective and, and the things that you did, uh, but it actually accelerated not only the growth of people individually, but it accelerated uh, getting some of the parts of Hannaford that were stuck and getting them unstuck. Well, Freedom followed with a new CEO, and, and every CEO that succeeds is right for the time and the moment of development in the company. And there had been, because of the tightness, a lot of fear yeah. that I didn't see as valid. And, and the CEO was very well respected. When you walked by, you wanted to be doing the right thing. For sure. Uh, and he would write memos and people would write them back and they would have them reviewed by two or three people to be sure that the language is okay. And then he wrote one to me and it was kind of casual and had a lot of uh, parenthetic phrase, parenthetical phrases in it. And I, I went and knocked on, into his office and I said, I got your number now. I, you really hide the message of what you want in the parentheses. <laughs> And he laughed his head off and said, you're absolutely right. And, and he was a teacher. His wife was a teacher. I don't know. There also were a lot of people at officer level who had family members, mothers or dads or kids that were teachers. And I think that helped create a learning environment, to tell you the truth. But people heard that I had done that. And it loosened the org you know, organization. And I'm thinking of... Um, the VP of benefits who sent out a letter on benefits and it had a misspelling. So it was benefits. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the F became a T somehow. Yeah, there was no, nobody lost their head. Yeah. Everybody lived and laughed. So there, that's it. 
you know, I get embarrassed being interviewed. This is I bad. know. I, you, 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 what I find is you have this uh, great gift of somehow taking the spotlight off you and, and f- taking it to either a story like you just shared or another person in their perspective. Uh, yeah, I'm going to tell you why. Why? Tell me. I want to tell you why. And that means I've been rude a couple of times. And if we want to share embarrassing moments later, I will, of when I shrugged off compliments in a way that was rude. I don't think you can be a good OD practitioner if you come if you become hyper aware of what people think. Wow. So there's there's that and there's then with crazy demands and shifts and politics and all that, getting true to yourself, because remember I used to quit every six weeks. Because I would say, I really, I finally have blown it. I did it this time. I'm out of here. And and I'm talking seriously. I'd come home and talk to my husband. We can tell a couple of those stories later. But I think to do really good work, you cannot be watching yourself do the work. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. Well, you said something that, that really hit home with me. Uh, and that is... Uh, if, if you're in the game of pleasing or satisfying everyone, uh, you're going to satisfy or please no one. But you have to buy your right. I, 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 the measurement I used to use is two-thirds of the work we have to follow yeah. what the organization says it wants to earn the one-third to assert. Yep. And with that, let's stop this. <laughs> so Joyce, if, if I'm uh, a listener out there and I'm either uh, new uh, to an organization, um, what, what advice would you give them based on some of your learnings along the way? Listen to that big silence. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, I think I didn't do this on day two. I um, took notes. I wish I could find them on my assessment of, be an anthropologist. Yes. If you're doing internal, be an anthropologist about what is this culture and what does it need to survive or continue to be. And I noticed that Hannaford was a little too tight. It certainly was busy. It took great pride in details. There was more fear than needed in the atmosphere. It was um, good-natured. It was ready to play. Uh, It was okay to be real as long as you produced. Yeah. Um, And that it had, it reeked. And I remember writing this down. It reeked of competency. Oh, for sure. We were used to winning. And are right. winning. Right. So um, one is to get that lay of the land. And um, two, once again, is to get the grit of what's going on so that you feel sure-footed. They might not feel sure-footed about you, but you now feel sure-footed enough to take bold action. And also, if you're teaching, and I and I. I'm not aware always when I do it, but my thing of having the store managers clap for me. (laughs) (laughs) It was weird enough that they got a kick out of it. And honestly, God, I needed it. Yeah. Oh my God. The fear was gone. 
and I could do the work and we interviewed the customers and yes, there were the darn soggy bagel story lived on forever. <laughs> I, you know, I think there's also this notion of, you know, even in your sharing today, you had a couple of cringeworthy moments. Right. It's kind of going into the eye of the storm uh, and going through that, uh, you know, taking risk and putting yourself out there and, uh, inviting others to play differently uh, were clearly prudently, happening. Prudently. Know who you are. Yeah. Any, you know, I like to do bold things because it wakes me up and makes me laugh. Yep. That's what worked for me. That's what rings true. And then I could switch immediately to the language of the business and its needs. So you can't be a fool. Yep. And everybody's approach has to ring true for themselves yeah you know, adds, like we're talking about some boldness i had don't go be bold if you're not bold well you know that's that's right uh, you know one thing that i think you asked the question uh you know who was out there betting on you or there were people out there betting in terms of how long you last later you, you know why i think you ultimately threw thrived and had a huge impact on both Hannaford and Dele's is you, you lived in two spaces. Let me explain. You, you were really grounded in that role of the anthropologist, someone who brought a toolkit of OD uh, methods and ways of uh, loosening up the organization. So that's one foot. The other foot, you were grounded in the business. You yeah. liked it. And if there was a challenge or an issue, you could turn that switch and talk about it, not only as an executive, uh, but, but in a way that, that others around you said, hey, th this woman can. She's no fool. She's, yeah, no fool. she's no fool. I mean, you could get yeah. practical and tactical and grounded. Uh, and, and so I, I don't know where to go with that other than. Uh, well, do we have time for one more story or not? We have time for one more story. Yes. I believe it was, uh, first of all, one of the things I did that was bold was bringing all of uh, corporate leadership together with all of retail leadership. <laughs> oh, what a surprise! Because um, they'd always talked separately. And it was at Sabasco in Maine, and we had a huge tent set up outside because of, we didn't have a room big enough for that many. Yeah. So we had a big tent. And it poured down rain and retailers just went out and got trash bags and put everybody in a trash bag and had them stick their <laughs> arms through Punch so holes. <laughs> like dark, dark minions and got out bullhorns and we kept going. And in that moment, and I think this was a big moment for me, I looked out at everybody and said, I love retail. Mm. I love retailers. I love you. The show must go on, and it does. And I think that was a big moment. No more. I can tell stories. I just can't be interviewed. Ah! Well, thanks for sharing that story. And and I I remember that that well. And it <laughs> was well. It was. It, it, we all come into the room. If I'm a retailer, I'm like, why are they bringing me to with the corporate brass and and corporate brass saying, well, why have store managers at this meeting? You know. And it was, it, it, it created an energy and a different way of thinking and talking and connecting. Mm. 
uh, that that reverberated well beyond that event. So with that, Joyce, uh, yeah, I'm glad I made you a little bit uncomfortable. A lot. And, and there are more stories to tell. So hold those till the next time. <laughs> okay, I will. Bye, Mom. Bye-bye, Joyce. So often what Joyce and I try to do in these podcasts is do less telling uh, people what to do as OD and HR practitioners and more sharing our stories of how we stumbled, how we learned, and ultimately how we became successful in HR and OD. And it's, this is a great example of not telling you what narrative coaching is all about, because that's really what we did the last two sessions. But literally, uh, having our listeners as well as us experience this thing that we call narrative coaching, where through our stories, uh, we not only create and find meaning, but it helps us develop uh, powerful perspectives on moving forward. So hope you uh, enjoyed our stories in episode 69 and 70. And by the way, we'd love to hear your stories. So reach out to us at bobandjoyce.com and we'd love to have you as a guest on our show. Till the next time, be well and be safe.